Well, he is a great God. And part of his greatness was to gift of each of us with women who have sacrificially invested themselves in us, giving of themselves to us, pouring themselves out on our behalf and for our benefit. And so it is an act of worship for each of us to thank him for the women that he has put in our path. And we should honor and thank him by recognizing and honor those women. So this morning, we want to take just a moment to thank the women in this room, those who are mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, aunts, uh, nurses, teachers, coaches, mentors, taxi drivers. We want to honor those who are moms. We want to honor those who have a mother's heart. We want to those, honor those who have done so much to make such a difference in the lives of each and every one of us. We appreciate you so very much. We don't say thank you enough. We don't show you thanks enough. But we want to take just a moment in this service to do so. Now, a few days ago, we gathered a sample of our children in a room and Rodney Roden shot a video and put it together. We want to take a moment to, to show that to you right now. So if you, if you don't mind, if you'll watch the screen. Dad, give me a thumbs up when I can start. <laughs> I really don't know. What's your mom's favorite food? Um, I don't know. Salad. She really likes sushi. Mmm, that's a hard one. Broccoli and carrots. She likes Mexican. African. I don't think she has one. Strawberry pretzel salad. Is your mom a good dancer? She was. Yes. Whatever. That stuff 
life with me, like throw the football with me. Forever plays games with me. When she plays with me, she hugs me. Um, hugs me. I love you, mommy. I love you, mom. 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 climb trees. <laughs> now, didn't that just melt your heart? Wasn't that worth coming? I mean, that, you know, that was worth just showing up this morning. So, you know, uh, that was really good. And by the way, we will make that available on Facebook later today so you can go and get it yourself and, and watch it and hear every word and, and watch it repeatedly. Uh, the children were, were really cute. Um, well, what I want to do now, I, I want to pray for our women. I want to gift each of the women on behalf of the church. So here's what I want to do. Ladies, I'm going to ask all the adult women in the room, uh, even if you're a guest, please just, we want you to participate. We want to ask all the adult women in the room to stand. Let me pray for you. And then you remain standing until the children come by and give you a gift out of one of these baskets. So if all of our adult women will please stand, just humor me here. All right, now, <laughs> join me and let's pray for these women. Father, uh, you are good and holy and gracious and righteous. And you have blessed us in so many ways. But just in earthly terms, the best way you have blessed us is with the women in this room. Thank you for their kindness and their tenderness, for their, for their loving heart and their compassionate spirit. Thank you for the empathy that they have shown us. Uh, thank you for the motivation they have given us. Thank you for the sacrifice they had made on our behalf. And Father, our prayer today is that you will recognize them, you will honor them, you will bless them, you will enrich them. Father, show each of us uh, ways that we can give back to them for all that they have given to us. Father, thank you for, for women, for the heart of a mother, for just the kindness that flows from these ladies. Bless them. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, please remain standing. I need all the boys and girls to join me. We've already talked about this. So, so uh, all my children, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be shy. I need your help. Hey, y'all got to move faster. The sermon's long. All right, now. All right, we got... There's your basket, and there's your basket, and if you'll come on around here with me, we got a basket for, there's your basket, come here, come here, come here, now, let me, Zoe, hand, Zoe, no, Zoe, take this, Yay. okay, now you hang on, all right, now, the four with the basket are going to spread themselves out. Everybody else go with one of the baskets and help pass out. And ladies, once you get a gift, you may be seated. If you'll just humor us and stay long enough. So those with the basket, you may go. Zoe, I need you to go to the balcony and make sure every one of the women gets one, okay? okay. Thank you so much. So there we go. Uh. Natalie, you're going to need to do this. Natalie, 
Natalie, you're going to need to do, well, you, yeah, you come do this side. Yeah, there you go. I think we're getting it. This is our first time to do it this way, so uh, we'll get it. There you go. Good job, Connor. All right. There we go. Look at Logan. He's got it down pat. What a super job. <laughs> All right. You can just put the baskets back on the table. Excellent job. Thank you so very much. Now we have extras, and so today when you're leaving, if you're going to see your mom or grandmother or aunt or somebody that is special in your life, you're welcome to take one with you and give it to them. It's just a small token, but it's just another way for us to express the deep gratitude that we feel. <laughs> oh, if y'all only saw what I see. All right, now at this time we'll dismiss our children, our children to Children's Church. So all our boys and girls that are going to Children's Church, you may, uh, you may go. <laughs> the rest of you, if you will... Be so kind, take your Bibles and turn to the 23rd chapter of the book of Psalms. Uh, we're now six weeks into this. I have one more treat for you this morning. Connor, if you will come. Connor Clark's going to share with you Psalms 23. I misadjusted that mic, but you just speak into it, it'll get you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, you, prepare, yeah, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. <laughs> so very good. So very good. Oh, man, it's been fun. I like it when church is fun. All right. Now, this is week six in our, our series in the 23rd Psalm. Uh, I want to take just a moment to recap. Don't panic. I know what time it is. Uh, it doesn't matter what time it is, but I do know. Um, David begins the 23rd Psalm with the statement, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And what David is, is communicating to us is God is not this distant, demanding deity sitting up in heaven 
ignoring what is happening. Our God is, is personal and he is relational and he is intimate. He is fully engaged. He is involved in what we are experiencing and going through. And so God is not to be for us an academic pursuit where we simply chase after him with our minds, but don't engage our hearts. God is not a task to be completed so we can check it off and get credit as being super saints. God is not an assignment to fulfill. He's not an obligation to endure. God is not a cause to champion. He's not a set of religious rules. He's not a uh, set of religious regulations. He's not a set of religious rituals. And listen, God is not a nostalgic sentiment. Our God is a person. And he graciously invites us into a relationship. And because he is my shepherd and I'm involved in a relationship and he is engaged in what is going on in my life, he provides for me. He supplies all my needs, not by giving me stuff. He provides all I need by giving me himself. See, our God is his own provision. He doesn't provide for us things. He gives us his hand. He's the provision. And so through him and a relationship I have with him, I can experience a life satisfaction that things cannot give me. And I can experience a peace that passes all understanding. Through a relationship with him, my soul, it is restored, David says. It is strengthened. And he enables me to endure the difficulties that I face in this life. David says, even when, not if, but when, I walk through the darkest of valleys, that valley where death intrudes on my life and robs me of the things that are so important to me, even in that deep, dark valley, I am comforted, not because I've got all these things, but because I've got him. And he makes the difference. And because of him, I will be strong. And because of him, I will be courageous. I can be those things because he is with me. See, Psalms 23 speaks to our human need for security and contentment and peace and direction and comfort and courage. And see, our, our Western society puts so much emphasis on material things. But we can have all the things in the world and lack those real basic needs. We don't need things. They're good to have. There's nothing wrong with them. But we don't need things. We need a shepherd. So today we're going to look at verse 5. And we're going to see David tell us the shepherd's presence provides us protection from our enemies. And we do have spiritual enemies. We are in a spiritual battle. There is spiritual war going on around us. We do have spiritual enemies. And, and so David's going to tell us about the, the provision of his presence that provides us protection. And, and he's going to tell us about the healing that takes place within the hurt of our heart. Uh, we experience tremendous emotional pain in this life. And only God can heal those emotional hurts. 
And David's also going to tell us about the blessings that come from the abundance of his presence. So, here's what verse 5 says again. Connor did a wonderful job of quoting it, but let me read it to you. And David is talking to God, and he says, God, you prepare a feast for me. And you do this in the presence of my very enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with an oil. You're so good to me, my cup overflows with countless blessings. Surely goodness and God's unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I love that verb. I studied it as best I can in the Greek. I mean, the Hebrew, and I don't, I don't do Hebrew, but he pursues me. I love the fact that we have a God that doesn't sit back and wait for us to come to him. We have a God that chases after us. You, you, your love will pursue me all the days of my life. And David says, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So David starts verse five with a statement. You host a banquet for me before the very ones that would do me harm. Now think about sheep for a minute. Sheep have enemies. They really do. There are lions and tigers and bears. There you go. Actually, there. thank you for paying attention. Actually, there are wolves and coyotes. And there, there are animals that are bigger, stronger, meaner, faster, that want to do harm to sheep. There are animals the sheep cannot outrun. And there are sheep the animals cannot outfight. But in the presence of the shepherd, the sheep do not have to know fear. In fact, they can know confidence because in the presence of the shepherd, there is protection. He stands guard. And he is very diligent. And he is scanning the horizon looking for any danger that may come our way. And when danger comes, he is more than ready. And he is more than capable. And he is more than able. The sheep can be confident as long as they're in the presence of the shepherd. They have no way of protecting themselves. But they have no need because the shepherd is more than capable. He is more than sufficient. He is more than qualified, more than able, more than skilled. He is more than competent. Now, I, I don't want to jump into this because every time people freak out too much. But, but we are in a spiritual warfare and there are demonic forces that are at work. See, our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is with, with spirits and principalities and powers of darkness. We are in a battle. But I want you to think about this. They're more afraid of him than we are of a horror movie. When's the last time you watched a really scary movie and something would flash on the screen and you jumped? Ha! That's what they do with him. So as long as you're in his presence, they're scared spitless. So we don't worry about them. We sit down and enjoy our meal in the presence of our shepherd because he's got it all covered. The shepherd can and will defend his sheep. He will protect them and fight for them and he will ward off the danger. He is a good shepherd. And being the good shepherd, he will even go so far as to lay down his life for the sheep. So in the presence of the shepherd, the sheep do not need to fear. They can sit down and they can eat and they can relax with assurance. Now, when soldiers are on the battlefield, and you know this, and it comes time to eat, the United States Army serves them what's called MREs, meals ready to eat, MREs. And they're just prepackaged food, and they just slit the top and 
Basically, just suck it down. That's all you can do. Because on the battlefield, you've got to stay out of harm's way. And the best way to do that is not let the enemy know where you are. You, you, so you don't cook because the fire would give your presence away. The smoke would give your presence away. The smell would give your presence away. So there's no cooking on the battlefield. You eating MREs as bad as they are, as bad as it sounds, you're eating meals ready to eat. Just have a little pouch. Yeah, you know, you just, but you got to get substance. Now, here's the deal. For the sheep... In the presence of the shepherd, we don't eat the MREs. Our shepherd steps up in the very presence of the worst of our enemies, spiritually speaking, the worst of our enemies. He prepares a Thanksgiving feast, complete with dessert. In fact, there's not just one dessert. There's several types of dessert. And the aroma from it can, can just flows through the valleys and up into the hills and everybody within 100 miles knows that there's this huge honking Thanksgiving meal set before the sheep and the sheep are sitting there great relaxed even though the enemy is right there and they can do this because of the presence of the shepherd. He feeds us. Spiritually speaking, he feeds us. He nourishes us and we don't have to fear as long as we are in his presence. In the presence of the shepherd, the enemy can do nothing to us. So we don't have to be anxious or nervous or upset because, our, because in the presence of our shepherd, our soul is so very secure. Remember the story of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail? They were arrested on trumped up charges. They were dragged before a magistrate. A mob encircled them. The magistrate had them beaten with rods. And then he had them cast into the dungeon of the prison, in the lowest part of the prison. And they're, they're locked up in stocks. And at the midnight hour, what are they doing? They're singing. I don't know that I would be singing. I wished, I would like to think I would be singing, but I, I don't know. But Paul and Silas are singing. You know why? Because even... When it is not well with your life, if you know your shepherd and you walk with your shepherd, even when it's not well with your life, if you know it is still well with your soul, you still sing. See, because we don't walk closely enough with our shepherd, when it's not well with our life, we lose our song regardless of how well our soul is. We got to learn to live in the presence of the shepherd so that everything that we experience in life is based on the quality and the condition of our soul so that when we're locked up in the prison, we're still singing. And then the jailer freaks out. Why are you singing? Because I got Jesus, buddy. And that is all I need. But see, we, we live too much in this temporal world uh, that's full of stuff. And when the stuff isn't right, then our world craters and, and it costs us. We've got to learn to live in the presence of the shepherd. Listen, the enemy is going to growl like a bear. And he's going to roar like a lion. And he's going to howl like a wolf. But the, the evil one, the evil one can't get to you as long as you are in the presence of the shepherd because he has your soul securely in the palm of his hand. And David goes on. Not only is the shepherd protecting us and feeding us, but he's anointing us with oil. Now, I got to just back up and tell you, about three weeks ago, I read a sermon by a guy named Rick Warren, and it has just stayed with me. It just, it just stayed with me. And so part of what, I'm fixing to quote him several times, but a lot of what I'm about to say came out of that sermon that I just cannot turn loose. I'm not really a big Rick Warren fan because I, I don't have anything against him, but normally he's more psychological than he is theological. But anyway, I liked this one. But Rick wrote this. He says, shepherds put oil on the head of the sheep for two reasons. Talking about anointing here. 
Shepherds put oil on the head of sheep for two reasons. To soothe and to heal. And according to what Rick wrote, and and I've tried to validate it, uh, verify it, I think it's pretty accurate. One of the worst enemies that sheep have are flies. And sheep absolutely hate flies. Because they can't shake the flies off. They can't reach them with their hooves or their tails. And so for sheep, summertime means fly time. And here's the worst part, and it's kind of gross, but the flies get in their nose and in their ears and actually lay their eggs. And so they have flies hatching and larvae being born inside them, and it drives them crazy. So summertime is really bad on sheep, and it just drives them crazy. In fact, Rick Road, and, and I found it a couple of other places on the internet, and if you know it's on the internet, you know it's right. But anyway, <laughs> I found it, Rick wrote this, you'll actually find sheep banging their heads against boulders and big rocks because the, the, the flies inside their head are driving them crazy. And I was reading through there and I thought to myself, isn't it amazing that it's the little irritations in life that often cause us the biggest problems? It really is. It's the little things that drive you crazy. Now, what a shepherd does to combat the flies is he he takes a mixture of olive oil and sulfur and and charcoal and he mixes it together and he'll he'll coat the sheep's head and and it kind of acts as an insect repellent and it works to a certain extent. So so that's one of the the reasons that a shepherd anoints is is to keep away the irritations. But a shepherd also anoints a sheep uh, to use as a salve, as as an ointment. And see, when a sheep, a sheep has an open wound, uh, the shepherd will take and he'll mix the oil and, and other kind of ointments and he puts it on uh, the, uh, the cut and it soothes the pain and, and hopefully it provides, pro, uh, protects against infection. And so here's what David's saying. You anoint my head with oil. You heal my deepest hurts. You soothe my deepest wounds. You honor me with your attention. You bless me with the touch of your hands. You take care of me and you look after me. And David is saying, look, I have have spiritual needs that no other person can meet, that no human can touch. Only God can address. And I'm so grateful that God anoints me. David said it this way in Psalms 147. God heals the brokenhearted. And he bandages their wounds. You got any broken-hearted issues in your life? Sure you do. Sure you do. And it's God who steps up and heals. And it's God who steps up and bandages. Deep emotional wounds like death and divorce and rejection and abuse must be bandaged and dressed. But there are heart issues and only God can reach into your heart and heal the hurt that is in the depth of your soul. One last thing David says. He finishes verse 5 with the statement, My cup overflows. And in the Bible, uh, overflowing cup is a symbol of complete and total life satisfaction. Basically, it says, I've got all I want. I've got all I want. I couldn't eat another bite. A couple years ago, we were, we were eating Thanksgiving, and um, I'd got down to the dessert, and I'd already had three, three pieces or so, but I had a piece of pecan pie with ice cream on top, and I couldn't turn it down, and, and I got to that last bite, and I really couldn't put it in. I was trying really hard. I had it on the fork. I'm coming to, you know, toward the face, and I really just, there, you know, I, I mean, I was up to here. There just was no more room. One more bite, I couldn't get in there. That's what David is saying. My cup overflows. And you got to think about it. In the desert, 
When someone gives you a cup that is overflowing, they're being extravagantly wasteful. Because it's so hard to acquire things in the desert. In the desert, you don't waste things unless you've got an unlimited supply. So if David's spiritual cup is overflowing with spiritual blessings, it's coming from someone whose resources are limitless. They have more than enough. There's no worry of running out. And see, that would be God and God alone. Ephesians, Paul tells us, God is able to do immeasurably more than anything we can imagine. Now, some of you are smart and creative, and your imaginations have very few boundaries. I mean, you can just think way out of the box. And yet, there's nothing you and I could sit down together and, and conjure up and imagine that God couldn't outdo. Back to Rick. Rick Warren has written, one of the causes of our emotional pain is the expectation that other people will meet our deepest needs in ways that only God can. And what he's saying is, 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 is basically, no person can be the absolute security in your life. And no person can, can give you all the love that you need. And no person can make you completely happy. And see, if you expect somebody to give you all the love you need and provide you all the security that you need and to make you always happy, you're going to be bitterly disappointed because no human can do that. They, they can contribute, but they can't do that. You have needs that only God as your creator and as your savior and as your shepherd can meet. And see, when we expect other people to meet those needs, we become very resentful and bitter because they're just not going to measure up. And it's not that they're not trying. They're just not capable. I'm sorry, I can't walk. I, I can't drive to Savannah, Georgia, run out in the Atlantic Ocean and swim to England. I can't do that. And sometimes we're expecting people to do that for us, and they just can't. We've got to learn to go to God and let God do that. See, God, God never runs dry. God never has a bad mood. God never has a bad day. God will never let you down. When you learn to walk in the presence of your shepherd, when you learn to understand his abiding presence, when you learn to sense his hand on your shoulder, when you learn to understand the smile you bring to his face, you know that your spiritual cup will always be full to overflowing because God himself is more than enough. God is not selfish. And God is not miserly. I thought about trying to illustrate this. I thought about walking in Howard with this. this little, Debbie has this little teacup. I mean, it, it, it looks like a Barbie doll set. It's a little teacup. It's a real teacup. I don't know how you drink out of it, you know? I think I could swallow the cup easier than I could drink out of it. But it's just, it's just tiny. Then she has this punch bowl. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I think we could bathe in the punch bowl. I mean, it's massive. And I thought about bringing those two things out. I said, you know, unfortunately, most people, their impression of God is this little thimble-sized cup. 
That's all they think God has for them. When truth is, God's got this big punch bowl, and he's ready just to douse you with overflowing amounts of him. Of him. Well, let me finish with three verses. Just, I just like when Scripture backs up Scripture. You know, Scripture is the best commentary on Scripture. So when you let the Bible preach itself, I think you do a, a great service. But in John 14, 27, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's just informed them that he is about to go back to heaven. They're all freaking out. We're, you know, this is when Thomas goes, hey, we don't know where you're going. Where are you going? All right. And, and, and Jesus says, look, peace, I leave with you. Not things, peace. In fact, Jesus never owned anything. The peace I leave with you, my peace. And if it's God's peace, it's mega peace. It's omni peace. It's universal feeling peace. And that's what he has that he wants to give us. Do you see what your God wants to provide you? Peace. And see, I'd rather have peace than a good situation. Because even in a good situation, I'll find something wrong with it and, 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 and be upset and frustrated. But if I've got peace, regardless of the circumstance or situation, then I'm okay. Even if I'm sitting in the Philippian jail, locked in stocks with a bleeding back, I can still sing. Because I've got peace. Well, in John 17, and listen, John 17... You know, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. That's really a model prayer. John 17 is the Lord's Prayer. If you go and read John 17, Christ is praying. He, he, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's, he's, he's about to be arrested, and he's praying to the Father. And this is what he prays. He says, now I'm coming to you. Jesus knows he's about to be arrested and crucified. He's about to die. He knows he's about to go back to heaven. His time on earth is done. And he's praying to the Father. And he says, now I'm coming to you. I told them, the disciples... Many things while I was with them in this world. And he tells us why. Why did he tell us all these things? So that we would be filled with joy. See, so many people have such a wrong impression of God. They see him as, as this dastardly dude sitting in heaven waiting for us to mess up so he can hit us with lightning bolts. Zap, got me another one. When God, as a gracious, loving Father, is up in heaven, engaging in our lives, pouring himself out on our behalf, and, 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 and being the shepherd that we so desperately need, and filling us with a joy that the, that the world cannot touch or come close or even understand. And here's one from Paul, and I'm done. I pray that God, the source of all hope, it's all-encompassing hope. It's not a thimble full of hope. It's a punch bowl-sized hope. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely to overflowing so that it just pours up like a, like a well out of you. I, I pray that he will fill you completely with what? Joy and peace because you trust in him. Do you understand what Paul is saying? That God wants to invest in you so that you can experience. God wants you to know joy. Now, you know the, door, the difference between joy and happiness? Happiness is based on, on happenstance. 
Happiness is based on a circumstance. Happiness is based on situation. Nothing wrong with happiness, but happiness comes and goes because it's based on your environment, what's happening around you. Joy is totally different. Joy is based on the presence of God. And if it never leaves, you always have joy. And what God wants for us is to be filled completely to overflowing with joy and with peace. Now, I don't know anybody in their right mind that doesn't want joy and peace. Then you will, when you're filled to overflowing, you will overflow with what? Confidence. A confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope you understand that. I don't know that I did a good job of preaching it, but I hope you understand that. You have a God in heaven who wants to engage in your life as your shepherd and invest in your life to, to fill you with his presence so that you can experience joy to, and peace to a level that just overflows, oozes out of you, and, and actually impacts the lives of people around you. How can you not love a God who wants you to know joy and peace? I mean, what better thing is there in life? Joy and peace. Joy and peace. Confidence and hope. Joy and peace.